okay, okay, okay. Yo, Counterattack Podcast with myself, Daps. Um, so guys, basically what we're doing now, I've been saying it for ages on my channel. Um, we're about to, I'm, I'm, I'm starting my MLS show. As some of you may know, I've, I've been over to um, America a couple of times last year. I've had a, quite a few MLS players before on my podcast, but I really want to um, create a whole show dedicated to MLS. So this is it. I've been saying, I've been teasing it for ages. We're finally going to do it. And um, yeah, I've got my first guest already like that. I know you guys thought it was just going to be me talking rubbish in your in your ears by myself, but no, I've got a player, um, goalkeeper, and he plays for Austin FC. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. The way you lot hear me talk about um, football in Europe, it's not going to be the same for MLS, but I'm learning. And hopefully um, my guest now that I've got, um, he can help, you know, fill in some of those gaps, which is going to be vital moving forward. So, um, yes, a wonderful welcome to my first guest on this channel. Recording in progress. Okay, cool. Huh? Make sure I press record first, yeah. Yeah, so um, mm -hmm. my first guest on this channel, it is none other than Matt Bassano. Austin hey. FC, Austin FC goalkeeper, man. But um, thank you very much for, for coming in. We, I mean, for coming on. We obviously tried to do this about a month ago and I got sick. Mm. And then, um, you know, with your travel, um, your travel arrangements and everything, it's absolutely hectic. But very quickly, because when I tell people or when I even hear about it, the, the traveling, people might think, no, that's outrageous. Just how bad or how long is the travel in regards to you guys over there? Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, sorry it took so long. Uh, hopefully we're we'll happy to be here. Um, yeah, but to get that going, I mean, the month of May, because that was when we were trying to connect, uh, we had nine, which I know this isn't crazy, but we had nine games in the month of May. That's crazy. But... The games that we had were for us. Austin is in Texas. It's in the middle of the middle of the country. We played away at Portland on the sixth. That means we got to fly all over there. It's like a, I think it's just under or maybe two and a half, three hour flight, maybe our flight. And we fly back after two hour time difference. We play the game at seven thirty p.m. And so we don't get back from Portland until about five a.m. because we mm -hmm. charter there and charter back. And so the travel distance wise and everything like that, it wouldn't be the worst thing, but you add in the time change, you add in the summer weather, you add in things like that. And it just makes it brutal. Cause we went to Portland, we played at home. Uh, we had another home match for open cup, which is a side tournament that they have for the, in the United States, kind of like you guys' FA cup. And then we, uh, we went to Seattle, which is above Portland. So it's even, even further away for us. Uh, that one, we have to stay the next day because the flight's so bad. So we end up getting back at about 4 p.m. or so the next day. So we can't train or anything that day. Then we have one day of training Friday, and then we have a game Saturday. Uh, we have another game on that Saturday, another game on the following Wednesday for Open Cup. And then uh, I think we had two more to round out May. And so that's just like, obviously, every month isn't like that. But when you get in that string of games where there's multiple tournaments and everything going on, it's not as simple as a an hour drive or a, a bus ride down or a train ride down or something like it's cross country travel and it's it's just absolutely brutal on the legs, the mind, all that stuff. Yeah, and I, I, I think because uh, what a lot of people, even me myself, let me just talk about myself. Um, 
when I think of traveling, normally in any other country, the traveling isn't as bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if you do have to take a plane, yeah. like over here, from London to Newcastle, let's just say, if you take a plane, you're probably on a plane for like an hour. And that's probably the furthest mm. distance you're going to have to do, let's just say. But yeah, I, I forgot, I totally, it totally didn't register with me until recently, just how crazy that the traveling is. And what does that do in regards to even prepping for a match number one? And also, like, there should, I would think that there's hardly any away fans. Yeah, uh, um, there's no team in the away supporters group, and you'll play them, and they'll come to your like stadium every time. But it's still so new in this league that there's like kind of building that out. Like they're building, maybe there's a watch party for a certain team in a certain city that you live in and stuff like that. But they're not really quite as good traveling fans. They're getting there though. Like I'm not, I'm not, not gonna discredit the league because they're trying. It's just you can't, you can't uh, fabricate time, right? They need, they need to kind of build it. And uh, so, yeah, we'll play a couple of teams. Like one of some of the most notorious are like kind of the Portland Timbers and, and the Seattle Sounders. Some of those, like they'll come play you. I remember when I was in San Jose before Austin, there'd be 400 or so Portland people or something on a Saturday. And it'd be amazing uh, for them for away, sat, away, away supporters and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like kind of the way it works for us is usually like we'll have a training session on Friday, you know, game day, match day minus one prep type of stuff. You know, do a little bit of set pieces, a little bit of stuff. And then we kind of got to head to the airport. Then we charter out. If it's three and a half or four hours less, we'll fly like the day before. If it's four to six hours on flight. So like when I was in San Jose and I was on the West Coast, we would fly to Montreal. That'd be a five and a half hour flight. We'd have to go on Thursday for a Saturday game because three hour time difference, five hour flight, yeah. it'd be just brutal when you, when you get there. So like that kind of is a thing. Um, a bit of something that happens in the MLS that I'm not sure if it's the rest of the, the, rest of the world, but um, we might have a game on a Saturday in Miami. And then we'll have a game on Wednesday in Vancouver. And we're in the middle of the country. So we would have to go three hours right or two, two hours right. And then five and a half hours across. Yeah. So you might stay that whole time instead of flying back. Because I know there there was a couple times there was a couple times uh, previously with my time in San Jose where we would fly to Austin was actually one of them and we fly Austin to Orlando and we just stay away for eight days because it would just be better smarter all the into coming back but then you have the side of it where you're just away from your friends family all that stuff for for eight days for two matches results wise depending how they go that kind of defines how your trip was if that makes sense yeah honestly man and and I don't think people like respect it enough because that's that is absolutely yeah. brutal and, and like you said you know in terms of your families it's not like you're spending one night away you're spending a couple yeah. nights away at, at a time and you know and and how long have you been doing this now you're in your how many seasons this is my eighth. Your eighth. yeah it's my eighth year your eighth year yeah. man and and you, are you just at the point where you're just used to it like this is your normal yeah, I'm used to with my wife for five years now, so she's used to it as well from that side. Um, it's been a different transition with with COVID. Um, charters and things became mandatory, so we charter everywhere, which which is amazing for a time. Like we we miss way way less time. We used to fly out on a Friday, get back on Sunday, like, and you you basically waste three days for one game. Um, and the way it is now, the way it is now with COVID, we like fly there. Even on on we played Kansas City uh, two weeks ago, and we flew morning of. 
and uh, play the game, fly back that night, get back at like 1.30 a.m. And that's our closest flight. That's about an hour and a half or two hours. And so like, and, but then we have a, our plane gets delayed because there's like a gas leak on the fuel line or something like that. And next thing you know, like it's day of the game and we're sitting at a chartered uh, like aviator like hangar waiting for yeah. an hour for plane to leave an hour late. That's chartered. So like there's still mishaps. There's still stuff like that. I think maybe like Brazil and Argentina might be the only two countries that would know anything about that kind of travel. But apart from that, I think we're one of the few in the world that travel that much in a year. Like it's insane. It's, oh, it's yeah. nuts. It's nuts. And yeah, guys, when they come over here, they're shocked. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Who was it? Um, so I'm very good friends with um, Bradley Wright Phillips, obviously. And Bradley's the one that first, yeah. he, Bradley's the one that first told me about it, about the, um, the travel. And he said it was just brutal. And, and I'm hearing as well that certain players, that when you get those players, those big players come over from Europe, some of them have it like mm-hmm. where they don't even travel to certain games. Like they, they won't go because it's just so far. So I've, I've heard of, yeah, yeah, there's, there's always going to be, yeah, there's been, it's way, way less common now than it used to be, but yeah, there'd be some players that like, if it was a super far trip and if it was turf, I mean, Henri wouldn't do it. <laughs> it was, if he was flying to, yeah, I would go find turf. He's like, nah, that's a, that's a waste of my time, you know? Um, and that's hard to, hard to question him. <laughs> I went and played in that caliber and everything like that, but it's, yeah, it's way less common now. But I mean, you still hit a certain point where like, like guys need rest with all the games we're getting and all that type of stuff. Or whatever. And so if it's our trip, if it's something like sometimes they might sign, we have something called next pro MLS next pro. Basically it's a second division for like yeah. our, it's kind of like a in between Academy and first team. So it's like a second division. It's, it's, it's equal in stature to USL league one. So it's a division three level thing for us, but it's a kind of a, a second team for the first team. And uh, there'll be situations like we played Toronto and I think they pulled up four next pro players or something like that on like four, four day contracts, 10 day contracts, whatever it is for them to be on a short term agreement because they were so undermanned. They didn't have enough players because of injuries, the accumulation of games, suspensions, all that type of stuff. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, it's an odd way of setting things up, but you know, I'm used to it, but I always got to like give everybody a buffer when they come over here so they can, they can really get engaged and and understand like what they're like, what it's going to be. And you know, we, we, we spoke, we spoke about, um, or you mentioned players that have come over, um, from Europe to America. And what I what I did want to touch on is because over the last couple of years, we've seen, I mean, Beckham kind of set, for a lot of people, Beckham was the yeah. first one to really go over there and do stuff. We've seen Thierry Henry go over there. And, you know, over the years, we've seen Kaká go over there, David Villa, um, I think Pirlo went over there. And um, and now, um, we're going to touch on Messi joining the league now, but um, with these players go over there, have you noticed over the eight years that you've been playing in the MLS, have you seen the quality of the league go up? And also, have you seen that, the popularity rise or has it just kind of been steady it's it's like dramatically improved from from beckham first coming over when he did um i mean that we have like there's jokes of mls 1.0 mls 2.0 and now we're almost getting to the point where the money being thrown around by the ownership groups by the league and everything it's it's hitting almost that MLS 3.0 like austin fc is in your club it's only this is its third season and uh, what else can see this year? St. Louis City is the new team this year. What would the, what would these teams bring 
is like this incredible brand new stadium. The fans are selling out every single game. The atmosphere of the games are incredible, like all this stuff. And, and I bet 10 years ago, if you would have, if somebody would have said, Hey, like, what's it going to be like in St. Louis for, for soccer? I'm, I'm sure people from St. Louis would be like, Oh, it'd be great. Everyone else would be like, eh, I don't know. I don't know what it'd be like there. That's a, that's a Midwest town. It's a blue collar town. Like, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. And then they're selling out 25, 26,000 every single game. Obviously they're still in their first year, but it's such an at- electric atmosphere that it's like this, this kind of growth is incredible. And, and I mean, obviously it comes with the price. They paid a ton of money to get into the league and you're seeing that investment kind of pay out and you're, you're seeing, yeah. you're seeing it on the pitch. And so kind of one of the, one of the ways that I described it in a locker room, um, before you used to have some really good players and then you had to kind of fill the, fill the, fill the spots because there, there's yeah. a, there's ways the roster can be structured and whatnot. Now you're getting the depth of the league. Uh, you, I mean, you're getting 18 to 20 players deep that you could intertwine, like interchange into your starting lineup at, at any time. And it kind of flows. And the teams that can do that are the teams that find the most success and the ones that yeah. struggle to find that to fill that roster spot out. Those are the ones that, as we hit the end of the year, like they're not, they're not getting it done, you know? And so like yeah. that, that's kind of the magic at all. The the technical director and the the GM sporting director, all that stuff is so important in this league because you just really have to understand how it works. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting that, you know, you said that, um, was it Austin? That's only three years, three years old. Yeah. It's, it's interesting mm-hmm. because you're never going to get a club that's three years old in the Premier League. Like never, because yeah. they have to, go through the different leagues in order to work their way up. And, um, but is it literally a thing of, so let's say someone wants to start a team today, like for next season, mm-hmm. can they literally just buy their way into the league? But then does, does no one else, yeah, I mean, does no one else drop out or? No, so basically there, the, the talk is that they're capping it at 30 spots. Currently we have 29. And so San Diego just announced that they will be the newest MLS expansion team. Yeah, uh, I think, I believe it's starting in 2025. Give themselves time or whatever. I don't think it's next year. But yeah, I mean, the, the sum that they paid to be in this league is astronomical. It's like $500 million to be in this league. And what you gain in that is you gain a position as a part owner of the league because we're something called single entity, which means every single o- owner is put into a pool together. And when the league makes money, every owner makes money. So a move like Messi coming over, that's going to bring so much money into Miami. That's going to bring so much money into the MLS. So owners of Austin FC will make money because of Messi here. So that's kind of the incentive. Uh, I know it blows people's minds, the conversation of promotion uh, promotion relegation when we talk about the United States. But from a business structure, from from uh, kind of valuations, from everything. Uh, the MLS is so tied into real estate and into other things that valuations, I don't know if you've seen recently or whatever, but there's like two or three teams that are nearly, if not touching a billion dollars. Yeah, That's I know. Um, valuation. I know San Diego is one of them, right? There's one of the newer ones who's 500 million. They don't have a team technically yet, so I don't know if they can get it, but LAFC is one. That's yeah, one yeah, yeah. I know LAFC. A billion dollars. Is Inter Miami? Is Inter Miami one of them? The Inter Miami's high. They will. I mean, they'll they'll sell much on on that just from signing Messi. 
like the amount of money they're going to make from that just jersey sales everything ticket sales all that stuff is just gonna is gonna grow like crazy but uh like atlanta united seattle sound some of these other ones are like 800 700 million dollars like even the lowest one is like 400 million dollars and they compared that to like the sale price of what newcastle was exactly and it's exactly. because because of that that's the difference between promotion relegation and single entity because these teams will never lose value they could have bad seasons for four or five years but their net, their stadium isn't gonna. They're not gonna drop a division where they're gonna lose out on potentially two hundred million dollars from going yeah. from going Premiership Championship. You know, so like that that type of incentive is what what is the buy in for all these owners to be a part of the group. They get to join it, and they you basically set something up to appreciate for hopefully as long as the league's around. Mate, that and that just um, when when you say it like that, and and you look at the business behind it, it can only grow. Do you get what I'm saying? It can only grow. And, yeah. I, and I always said, once yeah. once one of the big hitters like Messi or Ronaldo goes over there, it's going to absolutely mm-hmm. explode. And obviously we've seen now recently that Messi has now said he's going to be at Inter Miami. Um, what has that done yeah. from what you've seen f- from the inside? What, what has that done to the, the league and even within your club and, you know, the, the whispers that are going around and everything? What has that done for, for you guys? So basically what it... So to tie it back into what you had said something previously about Beckham, when Beckham came over, the league had to change the rules. And what that is was like the way our roster was structured, you couldn't have a player make that kind of money on the way it was. Like it, that's what it was because it was a salary cap. Everyone had to stand at a salary cap. Beckham came over, you start paying him five, seven million dollars, whatever a year at the time was insane. So they had to change something. They, they basically gave out three roster spots that are called designated players, which are your players that can make unlimited amounts of money and only a percentage of it would count against the salary cap. And so what Beckham did was change the rules because we the MLS had to adapt to, to having someone like Beckham in the league. So then every other team was given three roster spots and every other team could start signing people or whatever. And in that grew the league. Now you get messy. We're already a grown league right now. We're not, we're not top tier like top three, five in, in the world, but we're growing like crazy. Like the, for the yeah. past 26, 27 years, whatever, it's, it's insane. But what Messi's going to do is he's going to put the pressure on the rest of the league to get owners that might've been sitting back, not really spending the money over the previous five to 10 years, kind of just been sitting on the assets of growth of their real estate and all that other stuff. You're going to get, you're going to get those owners to be pressured to spend because the rest of the league is, and if the league's growing, you don't want to get left behind. Because teams like San Diego, who are new, are going to come in and spend some money. And then even Miami hasn't been around that, that long. They're coming in and spending money. And so you're just getting growth from everywhere. Austin, FC, we have one of the best stadiums in the entire country. It's incredible. We sold out, I think, we have a game night. I think it's going to be each one, uh, 40, our 44th or 45th sellout in a row of 21,000 people. Wow. And tonight's going to be 104 degrees. So, and people are still going to going to come out wow. so it's like like that type of, of growth and commitment and stuff like that that all comes from the money invested in people like beckham previously that got this league to mm-hmm. grow exponentially now you get like messi in this one and you get people that want to come over and play with messi it's going to be crazy the next three to five years again yeah. five years are going to be crazy yeah you have your deal it's going to be done yeah I, I think it's such a good time for for players within the the mls to or players from outside of the mls to to go into the, the, um, the league and and I think even just with Messi going there, I think just perception alone, I think there's a lot of players who mm-hmm. who probably look at the MLS as like a retirement home. Whereas now you're probably gonna yeah. be you're probably gonna get players who 
maybe in their primes or you know just outside of their prime that are gonna just be going over there and looking for moves over there so it's definitely an exciting time yeah so um we've touched on you know the business side of things we've touched on on the salary um the sal wait we didn't we didn't did you finish the salary cap stuff too much on the salary cap stuff besides basically yeah. the growth that's going to come with with like stuff like messy so let's 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 talk about the salary cap because i've seen i've seen yeah. some um i've seen some things of <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong but only a certain amount of players in each team are only allowed to get paid a certain amount right are they like different tiers yeah do you want to explain yeah tiers is a perfect way to describe it yeah mm. so Kind of, third, let's say you have 30 roster spots. You have three of them who are designated players. The league is all about acronyms, okay? So if I say BPs, TAM, GAM, stuff like that, they're literally all about acronyms. It's crazy. But you got three players on your team that can make unlimited salary. So you have Messi coming over who's going to be making $50 million. $50 million doesn't show up on the salary cap. Whatever he would be, I think senior max salary, which is like let's say it's six hundred thousand dollars, six hundred of his fifty million would show up on the salary yeah. cap, and the salary cap okay. is at like eight eight point two million right now. So he's only taking up six hundred thousand. So then you have seven point six million for the rest of the team to kind of be put out. And uh, basically, the way it's done, there's certain positions where homegrowns, homegrowns are like your academy kids who you sign to first team deals. You can sign them and it's money that comes out of the owner's pocket directly that doesn't count on a salary cap. And the whole idea of that one is promotion from within. You want to have a great academy system that's going to produce high quality players that could be influential to your team that you yeah. could potentially sell, but they don't cost you in the short term. So a homegrown player might be able to make more money than a kid who just came out of college because the homegrown came from that system. So you can pay him 200, 200 grand a year and that does not show up on the salary cap because you have four or five spots that you can allot towards homegrowns and things like that. So there's, there's just constant mechanisms like that that make it such an intricate league on, on how it can be, how a roster can be structured. Because it's not as simple as just saying, we want him, we're going to sign him. You can't really do that. If it's a foreign player, there's something called a discovery list. Or the previously there was, I don't know if this year might be the last year of it, but there's something called a discovery list where like back in the day, the Thierry Henry, Clint Dempsey, these other guys who were playing in Europe and, and were brought over here. Uh, if a team had had that player on their discovery list, you would have had to pay them money to be able to sign somebody who's in a different country. Different country. No way. Yeah, it's crazy. So like Clint Dempsey, someone else's discovery list. Seattle Sounders had to sign him or whatever. And so they would have had to either trade or do something to move up the allocation roster allocation list to be able to get him. And so basically as this league continues to grow, they're trying to make less and less things like that, that make it so yeah. complicated. And instead you have your growth with your homegrowns. You have, there's, there's something new that was added in the most recent CBA. We have a collective bargaining agreement. I don't know if in Europe, you know what that means, but no. uh, basically we have, we have player reps from every team and we have oh, an okay. MLS players association. And we bargain with the ownership group to basically say what the future is going to be for spending growth kind of ways that we can ensure players are compensated for the growth in the league and that the owners aren't just walking away with the extra extra millions they're making. 
and kind yeah. of get it so the money, the money can be funneled back into the league, like guaranteed back in the league. So we continue mm. this growth, so we get better players and better resources and everything. And so Austin FC has one of the best training fields in the country. Training fields in the country is one of the best stadiums in the country. This is a set two and a half year old team. And so that type of growth, that type of stuff happens because of all this other stuff. We're just, we're just trying to push it back in the league because we want it to grow just as much. I don't think it's as selfish as like, we believe we're the best players in the world and we want it to stay this way where we have this kind of stronghold on the league locally, you know, domestically, we want the league to grow too. Well, we get it. And the retirement stuff you had talked about prior yeah, we had a bunch of players who came over that were really famous and they were near the end of their careers. It's getting to be a little different now. Now we're getting a lot of really young South American players that are coming over and they're getting sold for like two times the price they're being bought for. And that type of growth is just so good to believe. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like I keep saying, it's just sounding like a real exciting time. And and even me from the outside, there's a reason why I've I've got this interest. And Obviously, now it's going to look like because Messi's gone over there, but I've been trying to get into it. But you, the thing is, you just think that football is just, it just works the same everywhere. But it, it literally is just so different in America and just trying to get used to everything. But hopefully that's why, you know, I'm doing this. I've adopted New York Red Bulls as my team and they're not doing too great right now. So, um, but I've, I've adopted them and I do feel like eventually... They will come back. But um, I feel like most Arsenal fans from London, if they do like an MLS team, it's always Red Bulls because of Thierry Henry. And and then you've got, yeah. and then you've got Ian Wright's son, Bradley Wright Phillips. Like It's just, that's always going to be our team. But quickly, um, on Austin, um, how would you look at you guys' season so far? I think in a very real response to that, I think we completely underperformed on what our, our quality is like we know day in and day out training and stuff we know that we are a better team than we've had in, in results and mm -hmm. i think that's a pretty frustrating time for us um but i've been on teams in the past that had better and worse seasons and may have been more or less talented you know so it's kind of like we just we just are trying to get it to click that's kind of been the thing because in training we have those days and i'm sure you remember when you were playing you have those days where your lights out everything's clicking it's amazing we've gotten a game day and it just hasn't been there but the days the that it has, and some of the, yeah and some of the wins that it that, that it has it's like because some of the wins we've grinded out this year like away at rsl and some of these other ones like those are those are tough tough wins and we've had some results mm. at home that we're we're left like head scratching a little bit. So I think it's just a very real way of answering that is that we just know that we've underperformed. Um, but I think there's definitely a belief in this locker room that, that we know we're not in the position we should be in and we should be higher. And so I think because of that, like you said about Red Bulls, there was a, Red Bulls is good as well, but I, I think, I think we'll be able to figure it out because of that. We'll stay yeah. up for longer. Uh, we're halfway through the season right now. It's crazy the way our league is built. Um, you win three or four games and all of a sudden you're up like five spots in the standings and playoffs are, is what matters here. Uh, obviously winning the regular season would be great and it's a nice monetary bonus for your team and it's a lot of pride and stuff. But if you're not going to win that, year, win the, win the, the, the regular season, getting into playoffs and making a run, that matters just as much, just as much. Do you know so, what? I mean, more about how you think. Very quickly. Yes. On that one. Um, yeah. So I was very surprised to hear because obviously if you finish top of the league, like you, you, you're mm -hmm. uh, whatever, like you win the league in over here. But 
I, I heard that you could finish top of your of your side, the Eastern or Western, mm-hmm. but they rate winning the actual cup more than finishing first, if that makes sense. If you win the supporter the regular season, your regular season is a supporter shield for us. If you win that, you go down as 2023 supporter shield winners. Your team gets a win bonus. There's stuff like that. And you do qualify for a Champions League the next year by winning that. So there are things that matter from that. But definitely the MLS Cup is more prized, is more coveted in the United States to win like the big tournament. It's like in a lot of the other sports, like NBA, NFL, you win, like you're the best team in the NBA. That's great if you get knocked out in the Western Conference Finals, didn't matter. You know, like it's like that kind of idea. It's what you do at the end. So that's where like some of these teams can be great and and they'll be like a team that barely squeaked into playoffs, but they have rhythm and they're flying and they'll win a couple games in a row. Next thing you know, they're in like the final. Yeah. And halfway in the season, they might have been in last place. Like 2016, Seattle Sounders, when I was when I was playing with the Sounders, halfway in the season, we were in last place in the West. The head coach got fired. They brought in a DP from uh Uruguay, his name is Nico Ladero. And next thing you know, they kind of went on a tear and won five, six games right before playoffs. And then they literally went from being the last or fifth or sixth team in the playoffs to winning the entire league. And so, yeah, that it definitely matters more. But I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw, there's a video today that came out of Gareth Bale talking about how losses and stuff kind of yeah. don't matter the same in the United States and whatever. Yeah. I just think there's so much, there's so much context that's taken out of that um, and when he's comparing that to Real Madrid. I mean, that's like, those are it's yeah, not, quite yeah. a, not quite as a comparable yeah. of a situation um, because the losses do matter regular season, um, but it's not a necessarily a fear of relegation. That's not that's not a real threat. But also for Madrid, it's not a real threat either. So again, like I said, I don't yeah. think it's a direct comparison on the two there. But yeah, wins and losses matter in the regular season because guys want. I mean, you want home field advantage in the playoffs, especially if you're higher in the yeah. table. You're top. You would get home field if you win your conference you get home field all the way to the final. And Ooh. obviously, your team wants to play at home all the way to the end, you know? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much. This was a very quick one. I hope that you will come back on mm-hmm. when you don't have a match. Yeah. And yeah, no, no, honestly, man, because I appreciate you so much. For, I appreciate you so much for this. You are my first guest. And um, yeah, hopefully, who are you, who are you guys playing tonight? Tonight we play Dallas. So we have our like Copa Tejas, which is I mean like the Texas Cup. We have our oh, Dallas tonight and then um, Houston on Saturday. And so yeah, it's the rivalry week for the state of Texas. So it'll be fun. They all matter. And it's like 100 so it's going to be a, it's gonna be a toasty to one out there. Don't listen to Gareth Bell. They all matter. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, no, thank you very much. And, and um, you guys that are watching this, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to put um matt's um instagram handles and everything all on online and yeah guys follow me on my journey you know getting to know more mls players and more about the football we're going to start breaking down the games once i get used to you know how the games go and everything and um guys that are going to come with me on my journey to watch it make sure you sign up to the apple season pass so that yeah that is a great great way to actually keep in touch um keep up to date with the football so um yeah Thanks, guys. Matt, love for that. And um, yeah, we'll talk soon. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure being on. And then, uh, like you said, I mean, I'd love to come back at some point if anybody in the 
anybody watching has any questions, something like that, leave them there and he'll get me, he'll get me on again some other time and hopefully be able to answer. Love that. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you. Wait there. Yeah.